happened with the intro. I was like, damn. Dang. I, I, I don't think he's done with it. I don't think he's done with the intro. He's done with us fumbling around through the intro. Play it. That was perfect timing. <sighs> no, we're good, dude. Uh, so first big announcement. Um, I had a New York strip for breakfast. Do you ever cook a steak for breakfast? Almost every day. Really? Never. What kind of steak do you make yourself for breakfast, dude? Uh, typically I just eat eggs for breakfast, but the first meal of the day is usually a New York strip. Like yesterday I had a strip for lunch and a ribeye for dinner. Sheesh. I feel like a nice flank could be good for breakfast. Flank steak or sirloin, top and sirloin with and eggs. It's, it's like fast, you know? Yeah. I like cutting I've been on the New York strip grind. I So I, I wasn't going to do it. I stopped at Teeter and they had like a three pack of really nice strips for half off. I was like, oh, I'm copping that. That, right. by the way, white on my palm is not chalk. It's a gold bond body powder. Wow. Where'd you, just, where'd, you, where, where'd you just put it? Not on my head. The other round thing with, with like a couple hairs on it on my body. Um, so your areolas. <laughs> for <laughs> that's a big word dude it sounds like kind of a kind of cereal areola really okay so for crescendo john young bailed on us no yeah he there uh, let's just, let me let me just say real quick their excuses and their reasons john had a good reason he did right? he did wife comes first happy wife happy life and that's a fact i will say this though i'm not mad about our new teammate and I'm going to throw him out to the Wolves right now so that if he decides to back out come game day, all the fans can drop the hammer on him. But it's going to be me in order of fittest to least fit. Or we'll go in order of least fit to most fit. Travis Brault, the Canadian. You're the least fit because you're Canadian. Then Bryson. He's at CrossFit Charlotte with me. Then uh, this dude named Jason Hopper. And then most fit, obviously, me at the top. And they're all just going to be fighting for last place. But it's going to be a ton of fun. I've I've not been this excited to work. And you hate out. team competitions. I've never done one. No, well, that's not true. The you first hate watching team, them. I hate watching them for sure. But I can't wait, dude. The first competition I ever did, I did team, and we did this RX division. Got destroyed. Took last place. So I'm coming Will, for redemption. Will, what are the odds that that team does not compete at Crescendo? Zero. Uh... That exact team of those four people. And what I'm saying is that either Taylor says, no, nah, I can't do that. It's way too close to semis. Or Jason says, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's way too close to semis. I'd I'm give not it eight, 85% failure rate. I like what? It. Tra Travis I like Brault, it. I was going to say 20 there's, a 20 there's a 20% chance that team actually shows up and competes. Dude, shut up. First off, I'm a lock. I'm not competing at semifinals. Hmm. I'm not you, even going to qualify, dude. I'm going to have no you chance. Going, you going on the record right now saying that you're not going to compete at semifinals? I'll barely make it to quarters, dude. And the thing is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> me? <laughs> if, dude, I'm not dude, even Andrew Hiller got kicked out. There's room for you in quarters. Oh, sick. <laughs> uh, dude, I heard uh, I heard Sevon was potentially on the chopping block. I hope that guy's safe, dude. But he's not on anything, guys. Let him compete. Let the Imagine man how hilarious that would be if they came up with an official announcement that they banned Sevon Matosian for ruining steroids. <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, dude, we are going to be there, all of us. And if somebody does withdraw, it won't be Travis because that man is solid. It won't be Bryson. Because he does him. whatever you tell him. Yeah, there you will. That's not true. <laughs> but and it won't be, and it won't be. Bryson actually, honestly, has given me so much good feedback over the last couple months. Programming, working out, learning a lot, which is cool. But uh, Bryson, congratulations! You you're the only one that isn't water on a cotton ball. No, dude, you give me good feedback all the time. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean it's a. It doesn't mean that you take it and you put it somewhere. It means you I just do take it, it from you. I take it like an ungreased thing and uh, I'm not going to go there anyways, but um... <laughs> Hey, normally I wouldn't be super excited to talk about any of the teams that have registered so far, but registration opened up today. Are, you guys aren't registered yet, I'm guessing. No, dude, I don't All have right, well, listen. that right now. Okay, well, there's 42 spots already taken. There's only 60 spots total between among all the divisions. So if you guys... Okay, well, how many spots are left in mail and mail? Uh, like four. And... Hold Sheesh. the spot, dude. Come on. 
listen to one of the co-ed teams that signed up today. Emily Meyer. Olivia Kerstetter. Nate Ackerman and Daniel Coots. Wow. Oh boy, they're gonna get clapped. Youngins. I'm super yeah, excited about smacked having around, bro. I hope you guys are listening, bro. You don't bring that smoke, you guys are gonna get clapped. Bro. I think they'll do well. They both uh I mean Nate and Daniel, Who's Emily Meyer. She made the games in the teen division. Uh, she goes to I crash, say right? two years ago. No, she she trains mostly in Columbia at Carolina CrossFit, I think. I think she goes to school down there, but she she's like a she's like an extended member at Crash. Like she comes and trains all the time. So Dang. me and she's Jason really could she... sign up for for mixed pairs with our wives and clap that team. You hear <laughs> that? You hear that, Nate? You hear that, Daniel? You hear how they disrespect you? Unbelievable. No, it's not disrespect. It's just a it's just an accurate appraisal of talents, dude. Okay. Um, so anyways. yeah, we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna try to get some teams announced pretty soon to lure some other semifinals games level teams um into the fray so i'm excited about it you said 42 out of 60 spots yeah i like to say there's only 60 spots so like 10 heats of six teams among all the divisions but it'll probably push to 70 before it's all said and done when the heat schedules are made but i like to kind of keep that 10 heat structure so that the days aren't super long what are no divisions so there's same sex divisions which are novice intermediate and advanced and then there's only one co-ed division and that's essentially semifinals hopeful teams or established semifinals slash games teams (laughs) okay Uh, it is okay what are the chances that you think socal tier wadapalooza is going to be elite pairs zero like male female i don't know same sex or mixed uh 10 percent. like really less than less than 10 percent. what's more likely i feel like they're talking about a format that is not has not been seen recently in crossfit is what has been promoted and to me that the, that's the only thing that makes sense well, Unless they're talking about the format of the actual competition and it's just like individuals, but the format, the programming is way different. I would say that they're talking about format in the light of, hey, you have this team, whether it's four people, whether it's three people, whether it's six people, whether it's eight people, and all of them never take the floor at the same time. Or some of them take the floor at the same time, and then there might be a workout where only four people take the floor. So you can play specialists, you can sub people out. It can be more like what I think a lot of the fans are screaming is real team sports where there's strategy Mm. involved, where um, you're not always as good or bad as your weakest link type type thing because you you have different roles on that team. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I I would think that would be the direction someone would go in that wanted to do something new and nuanced. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, adaptive I, the adaptive CrossFit games are the same weekend as that? I think that's correct. Damn, Mikey that's Swoosh ain't getting any views. Yeah, I think Will Wad. Um, I think Will Wad and and SoCal are the same week. I hopefully we're good. hopefully we're there at SoCal. I feel like that's a positive instead of a negative. Because I feel like people are already like watching CrossFit stuff and I'm like, oh, I'll pop over and watch the wheelchairs go. Well, see, I well, like that because if you if you have a break in the action, like you're saying, and you're watching through YouTube, you go to your home screen, you're probably going to get recommended that. Yeah, which would be which would be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I don't think it would take anything away um, from viewership. If anything, I think it'll probably help it. No sponsors, vendors, though, according to Barbell Spin. I kind of agree with that. And also in-person ticket sales. Oh, wrong one. I feel like that's probably... An unfortunate, um, like I don't feel scenario. like there's going to be much crossover of people that are choosing between going buying a spectator ticket to the adaptive games versus going to SoCal. Right, but I, I mean, because adaptive games are in Texas. I'd be curious to know what Brian thinks is no sponsors or vendors because I went two years ago to Wheelwad when it was in Raleigh, and I would say there were ten vendor tents outside. It was a pretty cool atmosphere. It was at night. Uh, I went to watch Noel compete. So yeah, outside of the like 
vendors and products specific to adaptive athletes, how many sponsors will will be there it is hard to say. So last they were talking about this last night in the barbell spin. Would you rather see the Masters adaptive and teen games before the real CrossFit games? I don't know if we can call them the real, but I'll call them the real or after the CrossFit games. Would it be better if like it goes semis and then it's all three of those during the summer leading up? Yes. Or individual and team CrossFit games, the real CrossFit games happens and then they happen after that. It'd be better if it happened before while the buildup and the anticipation is happening and while none of the athletes are posting anything because they're all scared to share content of them training before the competition. I disagree. I think it would be better to have it after. I think the likelihood of you getting big sponsors that have athlete appearances that people want to come and meet their favorite athlete, you're not going to get those athletes there before the games because they're training for the games. But if you do it after the games during their off season and during the time that they're doing a lot of those sponsorship appearances, like at Wadapalooza, I think you'd be way more likely to get people there just because they want to be able to hang out with Dallin or hang out with Danielle or hang out with Jason. I don't, I personally am of the opinion that the in-person viewership at adaptive masters teens games is just never going to be what it is for the elite athletes. Your family's going to go and watch you. Your coaches are going to go and watch you and people that like you from your affiliate are going to go and watch you. But I don't think anyone's going to watch masters adaptives or teens that you've never met before from across the country because they know who you are and they like love you as an athlete. And maybe there's 1% of people are doing that. And I don't think any of the elite athletes are needle movers enough for you to buy a plane ticket accommodations and all of that just to go meet, you know, an athlete, so to speak. So I don't know. That's my opinion. They just need to turn. I think they should. Will turn. you got to give yours. You got to give yours. Oh, I think before just in general, I think people are excited about the games during that time of year and more likely to be like, Oh, I'm really excited about the CrossFit games coming up. I'll watch some of the masters, some of the teens yeah. adaptive. I th I think that there is actually a ton of potential in the teen CrossFit games. If done well and kind of reformatted with mm. like good media, because I, I think the demographic that here's, well, this is a separate conversation, but I was thinking about linear television, aka ESPN on TV versus YouTube. And I think why having the CrossFit games on linear television is a big deal is because the demographic of CrossFit is like 35 to 50. Hmm. Your biggest demographic and where I think the most opportunity for CrossFit is, is in the, on digital platforms is teens through college, young adult. And I think that there's potential for the teen games to actually be a really big deal. If they could get draw in a lot of, uh, like their their same age demographic to be interested in that, then I think that uh, they could be successful in, that, in bringing younger kids and teenagers and college kids into the mix. Thoughts? I think you're just way smarter than us for thinking about stuff like that. <laughs> what is linear television? What is uh? What's the opposite? Linear is no, I mean, I horizontal really television. What about vertical yeah. television, dude? I don't know why they call it linear, but I just know that's what they call it. Uh, I think teen could have excitement. Uh, did you say this? But just for the fact that it's like, oh, this is what's to come. Yeah, I didn't say that, but yeah, for sure. But people, people can get like, excited about that. Oh, in five years, this kid's going to be fucking spanking Tia or whatever. Yeah, yeah so um, let's just say that from, from June to August, there's that two months of kind of dead period. And then from after the first-ish week of August – all the way till, I mean, rogue at the end of October, there's also a big chunk of dead. So unless there's going to be now, I guess we have SoCal, right? It's there. Does it even make more sense now that that competition is going to be big? It may not be as big as Wadapalooza, Miami, but it's going to be huge. Does it just make more sense to slot those other divisions in during that two-month dead period between semis and the games and just keep it there? Keep it there and keep it consistent. Put one of them in June, put one of them in July, and just go. Yeah. Does NorCal Classic happen around the SoCal Tier Water Palooza? I think it was. It was. It, 
it was like maybe two or three weeks before crucible crucible is usually the second weekend in october so yeah i think that that sounds like it's in september because it's still pretty hot out there when they're doing that so those events do you think will have any conflict of interest there oh i don't know i think blair and ben are have like been doing their own thing for so long now i don't think they'll even worry about it hmm. and can... if it, are do we know i mean if you guys know and you can't say say that do we know if socal is only team if there is individual if it's just one or the other if it's both i have no idea and if it's been said anywhere that i would know i didn't see it because i think what would be really smart to get those big name athletes there would be to make it team only in the elite division because mm -hmm. athletes are really really motivated after watching the games that weren't there competing to compete so you could have a pretty big turnout for those like tier two level athletes but people that just competed at the games are not going to want to compete individually a month out right six to the eight which is right out about a month after the games but wait you may get a that's norcal that's norcal classic not so oh, that's NorCal. okay yeah when is the tier but you may get a lot of people that want to do team at socal so that from a from a standpoint of how do we still get the big names there without having them compete so seriously individually, I think it's smart. Emily qualified for NorCal. They had some interesting qualifier workouts. What do you think about broad jumps for distance? So they, they just had that qualifier, right? Yep, yep. Did and you see that like, workout? No, what was it? It was for time, 300-foot broad jump. 20 overhead squat, 10 ring muscle up, 20 overhead squat, 300 foot broad jump, 25 foot increments. Not sure what the standards are for the, for that, what they were for that, but I'm sure it was just feet must be together and you, you know, yeah. can't move, can't walk, did, can't step, stutter step. Did they do that in 25s? Yeah. I think it's fine. I think from a judging standpoint, unless you do it in person, uh, it makes sense from a subjectivity. Like I think a burpee broad jump, you you have to have a clear standard and you need that to be done in person. What would be cool is if they did a broad jump in the qualifier and then they did a burpee broad jump at the live competition. It would be a I'm looking cool up, way to kind of build on that movement. I'm looking up for – I'm pulling these workouts up because there was another workout that – here we go. Let me share the screen. Um uh, This not this workout. Well, we talked about this last week a little bit. People, yeah, we blasting their elbows wide open on that. But this didn't make sense to me. It was just an ascending imam ladder. It's called the aerobic ladder. Um, what is your score? Scores the total number of reps completed. So how many ties were there? Because Emily finished, and I think like Brandon Luckett posted. Uh, uh, I don't know if he did it, but he posted a story like added three extra minutes for fun. Ha ha. Like, cool, dude. We get it. <laughs> um, so your score is just total reps if you finish. So what if 10 people finish, 20 people finish? Yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, looking at that last six-minute window, it it looks very finishable. Right. That's what I was thinking. And it just says score. The score is total number of reps completed. Now, is there a tie break? Let's see this. Repy over the rower. Uh, nope. Tie break. Nope. Flow. Uh, oh, if an athlete makes the 16 burpees, the total time to complete those 16 burpees will be the tie break. So your last round of 16 burpees is your tie break. How do you feel about that? It's fun. Okay. I mean, it'll just come down to seconds for only a handful of people. So yeah, I think that's yeah. good. So I didn't mean to turn this into a NorCal programming show. I just wanted to cover that. The, some, would, some would say that's what we do here. Let's talk about programming. But now that we have Will on, we're going to get to down to the nitty gritty, and that's opinions. Uh, horizontal television. It, um, yeah. Exemptions. Exemption opinions. Oh. Will feels very strongly about some of the athletes in question over the last 24 to 48 hours. Those being, what, let's just say Ellie, Katrin, and Roman. Will, what say you? on just kind of the whole situation like do you think it's just all of like let's find out how we can make the words line up with our opinions or do you think there's some um there's some hard stances as far as no this gets you an exemption and no and yes this does that kind of thing 
Uh, yeah, I think, well, one thing is that there's a lot of words that we're inventing definitions to on both sides. So even if I say I have a hard opinion that Katrin's exemption totally makes sense, that's still an like subjective opinion until we actually know what it means. But when people get, I personally do not, I get what people are saying about Katrin leaving for the season and training. I do not think or know how that applies or why that's a reason that she can't, she wouldn't be able to provide CrossFit with evidence saying, hey, I've actually been living here for this long time. And even when I was training, she still has that paperwork to say, actually, I was maintaining a residence in the United States and her training, wherever she's training is irrelevant to that fact of the proof that she's providing to CrossFit. And so I don't, if Katrin can say, Katrin isn't even mentioning there's no reason for her in her application for an exemption to be like, well, actually I was in Iceland for five months during this year. What they're asking for is, and I believe that's written out is utility bills, lease agreements, blah, 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 blah. Right. And if she can provide that saying, Hey, I have this uh, full time maintained in the United States, then I don't understand what the argument is of, Oh, well, she wasn't actually training there. Cause that's not what CrossFit's looking for. Right. And it's, and it to me is near impossible to make that a rule. Cause how do you prove someone is in the United States for a certain amount of time training a certain amount of days at a certain affiliate? It just becomes a gargantuan task for them to try to uphold sorting right. through any of that proof. They're saying, okay, basically if you pay taxes or, you know, it's, I mean, it's a standard residency thing for any like state, for example. Um, so I think it's, and it's I pretty... actually like the longer residency rule because I, what I, well, I, I have some, I like the idea of people competing around the world and representing the region that they actually are from. Mm. And so the idea of like, Hey, just make it wide open wherever you live. That's where you compete. I don't like that. I think it takes away from the idea of the CrossFit games being this worldwide. Hey, there's these athletes coming from all over the world to compete in this thing. They're representing their region. There's some, you know, regional you know, people are supporting oh. from that country because, because that's where they live and that's who they're supporting. And so I like the longer of like three years, you have to be living somewhere, having maintaining some residence for three years before you're going to be able to switch. That's a, that's a good rule. This MLK, do you have not Martin Luther King Jr. either? I believe this guy's Michael Lee Kearns. Do any of you guys actually think CrossFit plays favorites? A few games athletes have alluded to that over the years. Then Alyssa, MLK, I don't. It's crazy to me when people say that. Let me just break the unfortunate news to you. They 100% play favorites. JR, agree, disagree. I think it depends on what it is, and I think it depends what you mean by favoritism. I would say, I think Sevon said this maybe yesterday on the show that they did. There for a while, like it felt like they expected more from the people that were the face of the brand. They expected more from the champion. So if someone won the CrossFit Games, be harder on them. Go test them more often for PEDs. Um, make sure that their their movement quality and competition is higher than everyone else's because they're the pinnacle. They're the ones that are representing what we do. So with that mindset, I'm not sure that they play favorites. However, just like any other sport, any people that are responsible for pushing the needle, like it's kind of like getting calls in basketball. Like you don't get no reps because, oh, because you're rich, you're not going to get those no reps. Just like, hey, MJ's going to get those calls like at the end of the game. Sorry, he's MJ. That's why he gets those calls. So when you're talking about something like an exemption, sure, people are going to say, well, you know, Katrin's won the games twice. Um, we know she's been living in the United States several different times for a certain number of years. I mean, why would why would we question that? You know? I'm talking as a in a in a general sense, the company is still small. First off, in life, uh, relationships matter, and whether or not you're popular and likable matters, and it is a popularity contest. And you love saying this, Jr. That a fair is a place where they sell pigs, and nothing is fair. 
And if CrossFit HQ likes you more and you have more friends that work for that company, you are going to have more favors, whether that's a conscious decision on their part or unconscious just because they like you more uh, performed on your behalf. That's a fact. And there are a lot of examples of that. Um, Brooke Wells, oh, shows the capacity for the movement. Open video is an example. And then some Joe Schmo, Tom, Dick, and Harry bubble athlete gets clapped for his penalties. That's just a, a perfect example of that. Um, the, 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 the notion that they don't play favorites, I'm not saying they purposefully do, but if you like someone, you're going to treat them differently than someone you don't like or someone you don't know. That's correct. I don't even have to ask that they do that. And the examples are everywhere. Look at how, look at Dave's relationship with Sevon, for example, Dave loves Sevon and there's a reason he loves Sevon. Sevon's an amazing dude, but Sevon, you know, that's. I know I'm sure Dave works really hard to not show that favoritism. Um, but fuck, they're boys. And if you're boys, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think the question becomes and Brian called in and I think got into this a little bit on the show. We may have talked about it last night too on his. The issue is when you're going around and just contacting the people that got approved for exemptions last year and say, if nothing's changed. You're going to be approved again this year. Just let us know everything's the same. And you say yes, but like there isn't that same, okay, well, if it's different for you and you didn't get an exemption last year, let us know and you'll get it. Like based on everything I know about where Ellie lives, where Ellie trains, she 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 lives here. She trains here. Why Why would she not be able to compete here? Does she pay taxes here? That's what I think some fucking rule should be. If you don't pay taxes in America, fuck off. Go compete somewhere else. But taxes to Will's bullshit. point, but to Will's point, and it's a really good one because I I didn't really ever think about it that way. I would I would just think, man, why are you going to make her do all that traveling, spend all that money to go back home to Australia just to compete to qualify and then come right back? But from a global representation, from a standpoint of oh, like all the Australians are competing in Australia. That makes sense. And the spots that they get to the games are going to be taken by the best Australians in the world. You're not going to have some of the best Australians in the world taking a spot from North America West. But it's easy for me to sit here and say, when I'm not the one who has to go through all that trouble to get over here, to get moved, to go back, to adjust again, to get into a training environment, just to be able to go and perform, to make it back to the games, just to come right back. And you're also not the Tory. I mean, I would assume people running semifinals too, like Tory and Pro, they're like, okay, so you're just gonna, we're just gonna lose all our popular athletes that decided to go live in the United States, who aren't gonna compete at Torian. And so I think, well, I think the system in general has a, every system is gonna have issues, and this one has different issues. Like if in one year, this year, we give, let's say, Tia and Ellie both competed in Torian last year. This year, they got exemptions competing in the United States. As far as I know, the spot allocation for United States isn't going to change over to where it's like, all right, those two spots. Now we got two more spots in the U.S. because we have, right? So it's just going to, there's going to create some weird issues like that uh, in this system. And I think some of them you just have to live with. Obviously, it sucks for Ellie. We can, we all it's easy to acknowledge. It's like, yeah, that really does suck. Traveling to Australia is not easy. It's expensive. And I think, and part of it's like this uh, exemption, the rules changed, shifted. And so right. you could say yeah. like, oh, well, she should have known that moving to the United States that this was going to be a thing for three years, but she didn't mm -hmm. whenever that she first, I don't think that that was a rule when she first made that decision. Yeah. I mean, I, being frustrated with the, with the so. inconsistency is warranted for sure. Like, is it? We can put that out there because the inconsistency is consistent. Yeah, I think I think in the same situation, you would be frustrated if it wasn't consistent year to year. Right. I just I agree with Savon when he says don't argue with reality. And that is you should know when you're dealing with CrossFit that they have changed things relatively drastically every single year for almost the past 10 years. Things are different. You also know that the CrossFit games are held in the United States. So if you don't want to pay for travel, you should probably make arrangements to move to the United States and become a resident so that you're safe to compete here. Um, otherwise, 
unfortunately, like it's kind of been also her MO to complain about how expensive it is to go to the CrossFit games for like the past three years. I remember like two years ago, it was a big morning chalk up article. Oh, really? It, yeah. It cost Ellie Turner's entire hat. She is big morning chalk up article about she, how she spent half of her salary or majority of her yearly salary just to go to the CrossFit games. I'm like, first off, just, just because you make $30,000 a year and you got to spend half of it, like chill, it's expensive for everyone. And if you want it to be cheaper, move to the United States. And she did. She just didn't officially do it. Um, I don't know. What does the tax argument even make sense? Would that make sense if you pay taxes here? If you pay pay taxes in a place and you compete there, your residency there? I don't know if that makes sense or not. I want it to sound good. I don't you know. Just, so you just, I have you no just idea how that system works. Huh? You just want it to be political in some way. I do. I really do. And I'll also say this. I have a very personal example of how CrossFit plays favorites. And I'll give you just one last example on the quarterfinal show from 2021, when they did the same exact or 2022, we did this show, we came up with uh, alternative quarterfinals workouts, or we examined the programming of quarterfinals workouts. I don't even know where you on that show, JR, when I did that on Sevon, it was the same workouts in 2022 as 2021, same movement combinations, same order, strength test, whatever. I, I, I had this show. This was like my debut as knowing anything about programming after I fucking blew my knee out. Um, I was all sad. I was sitting at home studying programming because I couldn't do anything else but take Oxycontin and complain about my knee, basically. Um, extra, so, extra curmudgeonly. Sounds yeah. like you're living the, the pretty normal American life these days. <laughs> <laughs> so I I got on the show with Sevon and was like, this sucks. It's terrible programming. They did the same exact thing as last year. And uh, someone I know who's on seminar staff comes home from a seminar I had, I was a level three at the time and I had like applied for an internship for seminar staff like twice. And they were like, sorry, we don't have any need in the area. So, you know, we'll reach out when we do. Um, someone came back and was like, yeah, I was talking to the flow master this weekend and they said, you'll never get on seminar staff. I was like, what are you talking about? My heart fucking dropped into my stomach. It was like a big goal of mine to, to do an internship with seminar staff. And so like those words just came out of my mouth. I had no idea what they were talking about. My heart drops into my stomach. And they're like, yeah, apparently you did a podcast and we're shitting on CrossFit. And the guy's like, yeah, he has no fucking chance. He'll never get on seminar staff now. Um, and that's a perfect example of me running my mouth and losing a potential opportunity because I did that. But it being based in no way on the merit of my capacity as a trainer or a coach, because I know for sure I'm qualified to at least intern. Um, and they want to work with people that they like. So they play favorites. Hmm. Sad story. Boom. It's definitely a subject change. Somewhat. Spin talked about this last night toward the end of their show. And I'm I'm really excited if he puts out an article that dives into the um st st statistical ramifications because it's like way over my head. I'm sure Halpin and those guys could help him do it really easily. If all of the most fit women in Australia decide to sign up for quarterfinals, at least sign up and submit scores, they can probably manufacture another spot for that semifinal to get to the games, which I think would be an awesome story and something that we could really look to from like, you know, we talk about building community all the time. Look at how this community of elite athletes came together to get another spot for this region that a lot of people have been clamoring for getting an extra spot for years and years and years. So if you have the ones that we know are going team now, Cara Saunders, DeRoy, if we have them still do the individual quarterfinals and we have Tia and you have Ellie and you have um, Grace Walton and you know a lot of the up-and-comers with the, with the high worldwide ranking, that would just be really cool to see if all the best people sign up and they all compete. Can they get another spot for Oceania to the games? Oceania? Oceania. Oceania. I don't think it's a Hispanic Juan place, Rodriguez. bro. I don't think it's Hispanic. <laughs> that came, that came out. That came out. <laughs> Will's, Will's facial hair has been making me think essay the whole <laughs> show. He does look like the kids. I like it, dude. Leave that alone. Just like your mustache is now just kind of like, I mean, that's just you, which is I'm cool with. But, you know, you and I, I think about Jason that will like sometimes have a little bit of facial hair and sometimes he looks ridiculous without facial hair. He needs to keep that. Will, mm. keep the facial hair. It like faint. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. You look like you're uh, you look like you could be from El Salvador and you're like 13. 
Like you just hit puberty earlier than everyone else. And so you have that middle school facial hair. I love that. I look like I'm 102. Um, LOL. Hey, how old are you, Taylor? Me? Yeah. Take a guess. 28. Okay. So you knew how old I was. Is John Young older or younger than you are? I think he's older than me. I'm pretty sure John someone, like someone asked me. I, no, dude. I'm kidding. <laughs> someone asked someone asked me how old he was because like I I went and looked at his games profile to see just like how long he'd been doing CrossFit or competing or anything. I mean, he's been around he's been like signed up for the open, I think, since like 2015 or 16. So like he's I would say he's late twenties, early thirties. Mm, There's still I time, John. I think he's early thirties. I think he's thirty. 30 yeah right at that thir- three zero that dirty 30 um we were talking about oceana getting extra spots do we know what the allocation system is going to look like this year one that's one question question two on that last crossfit game show they were talking about a strength of basically like a super semi where everyone would go to a semifinal and compete and they would just take the top 40 scores on each side of the games which i think is dumb because People aren't there racing one another. The layouts are different. The atmosphere is different. Like, you know, say you had that South Central Regional and Utah and Salt Lake and all of the scores are worse because it's at elevation. Um, Or like a Tory Tory and the carpet sled slid a lot easier on that surface. It's a cool idea and concept. Yes, but it wouldn't work. So do we know the allocation system, though? I I don't think they've... Yeah, I don't think they've come out and announced any changes with like how strength of field and worldwide rank is gonna is gonna change in any way. Who is this guy, DeHaunt? And why are they running into his backside? What is it? What is it? What is he talking about here? Running back. Is that an athlete? Who's the running back? Who who does DeHaunt play for? Um that's a method. Is this something Kyler Watkins would know about? Are you being facetious or are you being serious? I I know it's some sort of like measure <laughs> metric of counting. So I'm being partially facetious, but explain it to me. I think he's going back through and and running it based off of those women all competing to see if it would change the mm. spot allocation. Do they use the hunt method or do they use their own type of bullshit? They use the hunt. Mm. Okay. Got it. It's something like they get the minimum spots, they run a ca- the calculation, shoot out a spot to whatever region should get it based on the calculation, subtract that person from the pool, run the method again, shoot out a spot, something like that. What's this redneck yelling about? Anyways, um, what is <laughs> – do we – this is the other question I had. How much does it affect, I guess, the game's leaderboard um, – that we now have 40 spots at the two North America semifinals. Are there still going to be two European semifinals or was it one last year? It's one. Oh my God. And it's only 40. Yeah. So the, uh, the where it's, we've lost like a third of the semifinal spots for the three most competitive semifinals. Pretty sure that's correct. I, I, I feel like, Oh, that's crazy and africa and oceania are still 40 people i think it's more for them no i think it's i think every single semifinal has 40 people in it ah that is retarded i hate to use that word but damn give me a better word to explain that i'm i don't feel super strongly about a lot of the athlete type stuff not nearly as much as the as the programming and stuff like that but i think when you sign up for the open, you need to just declare if you're a team, someone with team aspirations or individual aspirations. I told you it was more. Don't don't just write me off like I know nothing. I didn't write you off like you knew nothing, dude. I'm just shocked. Spell um, DEI. I I I think when you sign up for the open, you should just say whether you're a team athlete or individual athlete. And if you are a team athlete, you need to be removed. You need to be removed from the individual leaderboards. What what do you care? What does it matter if you can still say, well, I still would have qualified. So if I wanted to qualify, I could have. I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand why they if it's two different things, it's clearly two different ways of training, two different ways to express competitive fitness. Why are we still lumping everybody together? 
Do you like being able to see all the team athletes on the individual leaderboards knowing, no. oh, well, that they're they're taking a spot that really doesn't matter? Obviously, it, it was there were a lot, it was a lot more serious back when they went from open to regionals, right? And there was no quarterfinal stage. So you could kind of go through and be like, okay, well, the top 30 are going to regionals, but hey, uh 17, 3, 16, and 29 are all on teams, I think. So they'll probably backfill to four or five. Even then, you kind of wished that people would have just either been on team leaderboards or been on individual leaderboards. Yeah. I, I don't, I, again, how, it, yes, what you're saying makes sense and that's how they should operate. But does that have any other than just ease of understanding it and breaking down the leaderboard? Does that, that doesn't make any difference as to what I'm still so emotionally hung up on. And that is America East, West and Europe got cut by 20 spots each so they could add 10 spots to Africa and asia i'm sorry i was in africa last year awesome job the rebel renegade games did but let me tell you the bottom 10 the bottom 20 in africa now is going to be a bottom 30 extended further wouldn't have a chance of being top 300 in north america where are they going with that that well, is well where are they, they going i mean this is sport. this goes down a big rabbit hole but it's it, it's worth saying we saw how many females struggled with the ruck workout. We saw how difficult that was for some people. We saw how difficult it was for people in Europe, people in North America, people in Africa. If you are now increasing the, the, the field in some of those regions that clearly aren't as fit, are you going to keep the difficulty of the programming the same? Are you going to make them more accessible? Because with 25% quarterfinals and based on what Boz has said, and, and I'm sorry if I misquote him 100%, but if you're going to invite more people to the dance, you need to have some steps that they can all follow. Meaning, yeah. hey, if you're going to invite more people to quarterfinals, it wouldn't make any sense to make the workouts as hard or harder than they've been at quarterfinals. It makes sense to make them more accessible, at least in the beginning, where they can at least start the workouts and they don't have to, say okay well i can't do that one i can't do that one so if we just keep looking down and you keep projecting out is the open going to be we already know there's not going to be floor plans for the open there's only going to be minimum distance requirements away from objects that could cause um, safety issues so like let's say that they do a friendly fran um there's just going to be hey you got to have a five foot tape line where your barbell has to be five feet away from your rig whatever mm -hmm. Okay, that kind of thing. But we know they're doing away with floor plans for the open. So in quarterfinals, I think there'll be less floor plans and less strain of, hey, you got to have this here. You got to have this here. You got to have this here. No, I'm just really passionate. I'm shaking the table. I'm sorry. Uh, but if you just keep projecting that out, like at a semifinal level, are there going to be workouts where, hey, it's just a, this is a seconds matter sport. So it's good. They're going to be seconds matter workouts. And some of those athletes that qualify for a semifinal in those less fit regions are not just going to be standing around staring at something that they can't do. I don't know. They're going to be standing around staring at something they can't do if they're taking the bottom frick, if they're taking another 10 bottom to Asia and Africa, I can tell you that. Maybe it increases. I maybe it inc I think the main the problem I feel like the more problem is reducing the spots in the three big semifinals versus oh, yeah, adding to the smaller because adding to the smaller is like hey if that brings in an extra hundred people to watch then great like who cares uh but, but it's at the expense of I don't think it's at the expense I don't think they removed spots in the other semifinals to add them I just don't understand why though they did that yeah uh, maybe maybe you're right. I get what you're saying. It's not at the expense, but overall, for the games now, it is at their expense because there are athletes in both regions who finished worse in quarterfinals than the cut line now, and they're not yeah. going to make it. Well, Yellow Hoste, wasn't he? 47th in quarterfinals or some shit like that? Yeah, I think so. 10th at the fucking games. What? Yeah, are they again, and I mean, they got into it a little bit with the programming last night on Spin Show. Um, and I know John was, you know, one to voice, um, concern of, Hey, like the way the heavy workout is expressed usually will make or break some people's chances of even being on the border of whether or not they make a semifinal. So if they go back to, Hey, 
one of the quarterfinals workouts is start a 20 minute clock and do the other total, which they've done before. It will all self-select itself. If you're one of the stronger people, you're going to get a better score. If you're one of the people that are 24th percent, you can still do all those things and say, well, I can do it. Let me just see if I can PR on those three lifts. So that's not something that eliminates them like a 275, 185-pound clean and jerk workout does at the beginning of a workout. So will we go back to seeing strength tested in an unfatigued setting because it allows for more people to be able to do it? Until Boz was coming along, we didn't see strength like that. At that type of stage, it was four rep max front squat. The age groups had the total one year for their online qualifier. They did the other total the year you competed. So, I mean, were we going to go back to seeing that? Are we going to still see this idea of, hey, earn your fitness, earn your right to show that you're strong, um, gated ladder type formats? I, you, If you see workouts like that for every single workout, it's too predictable. It's not, it's, it's really goes against variation. But, if you're saying you're going to try to let everybody play at the beginning, they're either all going to be 15.5 or they're going to be something where you earn the right to show you're more skilled or stronger. I'm squeezing the, I'm squeezing my wiener because I have to pee so bad. So I'll just be back in a sec. Oh, I should probably wait till Taylor comes back to ask this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you. There's two scoring submission windows for quarterfinals. But they say you're going to be given all the workouts as soon as the as soon as the scoring window opens, you'll have all five. You'll have to submit some from whatever, Thursday to Saturday or Wednesday to Saturday and then you'll submit the other two from Sunday to Monday. Like how the open used to be when it was five weeks, and we kind of knew that week one and week two everybody could play, and then week three maybe you see the ring muscle ups come out. They used to come out a lot in week three, or maybe in week four the things get a little bit heavier, a little bit higher skill, and then by week five everyone's just going to have to hurt. Do you think it would be smart for them, for sign ups, for drama, to release three of the workouts, give a three day window to complete them? and then release the last two and save the last two for the ones that it was like, okay, now it's time to separate the men from the boys and the women from the girls. Yeah. I like the second option. I like waiting to release some of them rather than releasing them all for sure. Cause so it's, not, it's not something I've really heard people say. And I know a lot of people push back and say, well, you know, there's logistics, there's, there's going to be some kind of floor plans. You've got to have enough judges in your affiliate for the affiliate owners. They need to know kind of what to expect, but I think you would get just as many or more signups. If you did it that way, people just kind of knowing, Hey, I'm going to get these three workouts. You, you make them pretty accessible, but then you don't get, the last two workouts until at the end of the first submission window and then everyone still has two more days to do two more workouts and you have some people maybe at that point say dang i'm not going to be able to do the fourth one or i'm only going to be able to start the fourth workout and after the 100 calorie row i'm not going to be able to do 30 ring muscle ups after that or whatever so you have week like we used to have week four and week five in the open kind of being no play and doing it in the same way that we do that five-day window for quarterfinals do you think the open will follow that same trend that it used to follow week one super accessible week two a little harder week three highest skill no i just think because it's three weeks it's 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 going to be um it's going to be challenging but it's going to be something that everyone can can at least do or attempt for all three weeks it kind of was that last year though wasn't it wasn't week one burpee pull-up shuttle run no, week week, week one two. week one was the chipper that ended chipper. with the ring muscle ups. So yeah, which is still super accessible to start. Yeah. Then week two is the burpee pull up one arm thruster. Then week three is the snatch handstand push up wall walk double under. Yeah, which I mean of- level of difficult. Yeah, I mean to your point, you know, you could do most people 
could get through at least the row in the depending on how good good or bad they are at toes to bar they could get to the rings whether or not they got muscle ups mm-hmm. or not so you're still working out for the majority of that clock the second week you know burpee pull-ups are definitely hard for some people but they could still do them at least mm-hmm. and then week three i would say was the least accessible because you've got people even from the beginning that are struggling with wall walks and snatches right. and the the general shoulder fatigue is so high that they really they can't even show that they can snatch the 135 or whatever because they're not good at double unders or whatever. And I think same in 2022, week one, that wall walk double under or sorry, wall walk dumbbell snatch box jump over. Super accessible. Anyone can do those. It was such a low volume of wall walks paired with things that weren't interfering with it. At least week two was the deadlift burpee, which now it's like, oh fuck, it's 110 deadlifts at 225. That's way harder. And then week three was the thruster, chest to bar, double under bar muscle up little 21 15 9 21 18 15 yeah it was like a it was a small number of double unders every time if that happens this year what was oh week three last year was double under snatches (laughs) yeah who knows do you think we'll see thrusters in the open this year yeah dumbbell no really barbell barbell three years in a row if it's I think, dumbbell, I think we'll see single dumbbell thrusters. There you go. If it's if it's if it's dumbbell, I think it'll be single arm with a fifty. Really? Yep. I ah. think it'll be in the front rack position. Thruster no. dumbbells. Goblet. Yeah, bro. Dumbbell thrusters. Goblet. Why? Why so, Jr. Uh, because I think it checks a lot of the boxes of hey, if you walk into a gym, you're gonna pretty much have what you need for the open. But I think that it makes it accessible enough to where most people that's even a heavy unilateral movement for a lot of people. And then for the best in the world, they're going to be able to cycle it and move it fast. Hmm. What would be really cool. And I think this would kind of require an equipment list. So I don't expect it, but Boz has talked about this on other podcasts that he's done about, you know, the, the, the tendency that we have to always make things harder based on loading or based on skill versus making it lighter and just making it harder because you have to go faster and you you have to go unbroken like how cool it would be if there was um if there was a hundred dumbbell thrusters in a workout but it was with 35s and 25s i love that so you actually make it lighter but you make it hurt more and the people who are still the fittest can still show that they're the fittest so you kind of you get everybody out of that. Well, it needs to get heavier as it goes, and it needs to get harder as far as skill as it goes. But instead of doing it that way, you just increase volume for chin over the bar pull ups for um, uh, lighter barbell movements, lighter dumbbell movements, stuff like that. And then you 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 get you get a similar outcome, but it just kind of shows people that it doesn't have to be heavier or more difficult to be to be to be harder i think we see a dumbbell box step over for the first time or a dual dumbbell box step up i mean the in only the, other time the, there was a open mm. i definitely think we could we, we definitely could see, in quarterfinals yeah I, I think in quarterfinals um i don't know man the, even the dot-com workout a couple days ago really made me think about uh, their being really conscious of what the affiliate owners have said as far as logistics with like 25 foot space and all that kind of stuff. And the idea to me of having some sort of stationary lunge just really keeps coming back to me. Did you see the dot-com workout that was front rack lunge lunges stationary with the sit-ups? So I think whether they use a dumbbell, whether they use kettlebells, whether they use dumbbells, but having that, um, having that lunge without having to set up a camera to where you can get that full 25 foot of space. And then it also eliminates a look to an extent something that I'm really passionate about, which is we shouldn't be lunging for steps. We should be lunging for distance because now you're, you're taking something that gives the longer athlete a little bit more of an advantage. And you're, you're now just making that a level playing field because no matter how long or short your legs are, you still get, credit for doing the same amount of work so you think that it should be for reps not for distance no it should be for distance and if i have longer if i have longer legs maybe i just 
I guess, get a one-step advantage every time. Agreed. Just like a wall ball target or a fucking burpee. I don't sure. get to just go halfway down for a burpee because I'm taller. So not because I think it levels the playing field, but because I think it makes the judging easier. You're not looking at someone from behind trying to judge hip opening on one trip on the lunge. And then when they come back at the camera, you're judging hip opening on a lunge from that view. So it takes out that part of it, that subjectivity where, hey, if they're just doing step back lunges in place, I mean, we've seen other competitions do it. Rogue did it because of the rain with the what the whole cans work out um yep. wadapalooza did it did on the it. barge yep. right so i think i mean that movement i think we see whether we see it in the open or quarterfinals i think we see it and i think that's how we get lunges this year we oh, don't man. get lunges for distance no jumping squats in the open no lunge muscle up workout the lunge bar muscle up workout was 2017 power clean dumbbell power clean lunge chest to bar bar muscle up that's correct. Um, you know, it was one of the – I did the Dubai CrossFit online challenge in 2019 maybe it was. Do you remember that? Josh Miller did it. The 10-minute AMRAP of single-arm devil's presses. Single-arm devil press, yep. I was yep. watching that on my YouTube because was, my dog was a puppy at the time, and for the last three minutes she was like – like barking around my heels, like jumping at me with no music in the gym. He's just doing this workout. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so you think, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just, I'm just now trying to predict workouts based on who I have to fucking do these workouts against for the open week one. Can I say this? Gosh, I, I hope you do the ladder against Colton. If there's a strength ladder, what I ladder? That. I would, I would love if there was some sort of ladder, like a snatch ladder and you, and you did it against Colton. I just would think it would be awesome to do whatever the whatever the heavy is. I think it would be awesome if you did it against him. Um, yeah, unless it's a heavy thruster. No, I want to see that too. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, me versus Dallin, me versus Jason, me versus Colton. I feel like there, if it's me versus Colton, the mar the the space in the middle is so much smaller than me versus Jason or me versus Dallin. Like there's very little middle ground with me and Colton. It's either he's way better at some things or I'm way better at some things. And whereas I would say for me and Jason, it's probably somewhere in the middle. And then me and down, it's probably the center. The middle ground is probably the largest. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you're flattering yourself with your fitness level right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I probably am. Probably going to get butt fucked. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself. There's that. No, I think I think they'll be really entertaining. Um, Bill said that he went and did almost like an experimental, like an old school coaches prep course. Yep. Uh, this past weekend, and Dave was there, and the one thing he said about Dave was how like giddy he almost sounded for the open and the workouts. Like he's just super excited about them that they're gonna be they're gonna be good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they are. Mm, yeah, me too think we'll see any high skill or is it just all going to be this i think the idea that they have forgotten that the open is about testing yourself it's not supposed to be a training day it's supposed right. to be testing test. yourself yep. so i think the idea that people have that there's not going to be anything but burpees and box jumps is silly i think for sure they're going to test the community whether it's like can you get your first bar muscle up you know, or it's like, can you get, um, can you get handstand pushups that you're that uh, a strict handstand pushup, like uh, something like that? I think for sure is still going to come up. Yeah, I'm stoked. It's going to be so much fun. Um, one because I like all three of them. Two because I'll openly talk shit to all three of these little nerds. Um, three. Three. Because... The the picture is going to be the most crisp thing ever. Because of the guy on the screen and the press sexy public blue hat. hat. Yeah, it's gonna be a crisp stream and it's going to be I'm gonna pin myself to the floor um in each one. So and week two at Crash, if the picture isn't crisp, then we know hundred percent that it's because my internet is garbage. Because what you put out at Charlotte for the Waterpalooza workouts was like like I was watching it on uh, on Espen. Espen. 
I love Espen. Espen. Yeah, I'm doing machine intervals every night so that I can just be ready. That's all I'm doing. Zone two. Hour zone two. That's all I'm, that's all my training is right now. Zone two. Couple couple all right, guys. push-ups. It was fun. Let's get off. Make sure, make sure you guys go to hubrcbd.com. Homegrown relief. Contact Patrick Mitrovich, State Farm Insurance, 803-818-6980. That is 803-818-6980. Sponsors of the show, wouldn't be here without them. If you guys are interested in sponsoring us, please reach out. We're looking for more. We uh, Only we if you're make, rich. We got to make sure Taylor can uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Funny, guys. See ya.